This is Inspiring Women, and I am excited to be here at the Health Conference with Lisa Sunin. We are kicking off the conference together. We're in Vegas, baby, and um, everything sure. that's in Vegas doesn't need to stay in Vegas. I wanted to talk to Lisa because you're many years in healthcare as an executive, a blogger, somebody who always talks about what's going on, and I thought we could get some of your hot takes as to what's happening at the Health Conference. Why are you here? What should we be paying attention to? But before we do, Lisa, give us a little bit about your background. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. This is great. It's great to be here at the beginning of the chaos. Um, my background is, you know, more than 30 years in healthcare, actually. I started off as an entrepreneur in the field after leaving the tech, the tech world and had some real success, fortunately, with a behavioral health startup before that topic was cool. And um, went on into the venture world and was a venture investor for many years and then a strategy consultant both on my own and at, at a large firm. Um, and, you know, I kind of think of myself as a Rubik's Cube in healthcare. I've worked on kind of all sides of it. And so I really enjoy thinking about how innovation meets healthcare. Well, there's a lot of innovation going on in healthcare. And one of the reasons, Lisa, I really wanted to talk to you is specifically because you are skeptical, okay? <laughs> you don't just sort of like take everyone's marketing uh, piece of information and say, oh, that's fantastic. You like to look at it from a lot of different angles. So let's start at the top. What's exciting here at Health? What should we be paying attention to? Um, you know, it's an interesting time, I think, in the digital health, quote unquote, a word or a term I hate, space. Because um, I think there's starting to be a recognition that technology doesn't stand alone. And so I think what's exciting is the companies that have figured out how to combine technology and services um, or technology and medical devices in the more traditional sense with services, really the convergence opportunities to make a difference. And the companies that are starting more from solving immediate need problems with real business models, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to using tech, you know, and saying, oh, isn't that cool? Look what we can do, which frankly, nobody cares about. Okay, so digital health was all the buzz. Now, of course, one of the big buzz things is AI. I mean, I don't know how many times you said, okay, yeah, another article about AI, <laughs> I'm sorry. But tell us about AI, your thoughts. Should we be excited? Are we starting to see, you know, a period of disillusion? What are your thoughts? Well, if you look at the history of AI, generally, it started in the 1960s. So. It's been around a long time. It's not a new thing. Yeah. And it's, so it's, you know, like a 50-year overnight sensation or 60-year overnight sensation, right? And I think we're still in the overnight sensation growing part of this to a large degree. So the technology's matured phenomenally, especially after ChatGPT brought it to the fore. And, you know, there are applications that are out there, but they're pretty limited in use. Yeah. Um, really to maybe to imaging, you know, analytics and a few other things. More in the administrative side, than in the clinical side. Yep. I think, you know, 25 years from now, we're gonna look back and it's all, you know, AI is part of everything. It's ubiquitous. Yep. Um, and not a thing into itself. It's just sort of a core technology. Yep. Um, and so I think right now, you know, again, thinking about the real applications that people will pay for that can get charged for yep. outside of just amplifying whatever exists already. Are, are the thing to look at. So if we start on the administrative side, and we know that there's an enormous amount of administrative mm -hmm. burden that yeah. turns into burnout, that we also know there's a lot of waste yep. um, in healthcare. Do you think that there's applications that could start to address um, the workforce needs? Yeah. Beyond the burnout, we also know that there's physician shortages. Name a clinician type. There's a yeah, shortage exactly. of what's needed based on the care that's um, needed to be delivered. What are your thoughts for AI there? Well, I think 
there's a lot of people who think that the clinical applications are there now. I personally don't agree. Okay. Um, with rare exception. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly there is an application for making it easier to read images yep. now. Um, but there's still too much sketchiness in the data that drives these AI programs. Yep. When when that matters, right? Yep. When that matters from a you know an ethnicity standpoint or a gender standpoint or just enough data about critical um, knowledge areas. I saw somebody the other day that was making decisions using 170 patients worth of data. I mean, come on. Right. So um, I think, you know, back to what I said a minute ago, I think the, the applications for detecting fraud, for um, scheduling and managing things that people do that they probably don't need to do, filling out forms, you right. know, um, stuff that takes away grunt work. Which also is still there. It's those, there. Those types of, you know, things that just seem so silly, I, you still know, I everywhere was, in I healthcare. went to the doctor the other day. I filled out a bunch of forms by hand from a Xeroxed form. Yep. It took me forever. Yep. You know, one, they could have sent it to me at home first. But, but two, I am in the system. They could have pulled a lot of the data out yep. and populated the form and let me just fill in the blanks, yep. right? That's a really, you don't need AI for that. <laughs> But you could use AI to pull data from all sorts of places to fill out those forms and those systems for patients and take the burden off of them, take the burden off the nurses, you know, everybody. Yep. And then, you know, like I saw an application recently, a really interesting company that's culling through physicians' emails because yep. they get gazillions of emails. They often don't get paid to read them. Right. You know, and so it's, it's using AI to pull out the threads that are most important and serve those to the doctor in priority. Yep. Now, that's interesting, yeah. right? Saves them a lot of time. Yeah, prioritizing, or, just helping sends, them manage something that's right. overwhelming. Yeah. Okay. Let's move to another area. You know a lot about the area of behavioral health and mental health, and that has become this enormous issue at every you know stage mm -hmm. of life. It seems. Yeah. Um. So, what solutions are out there? Is it? Are there solutions? Are there? What What are your thoughts there? Um. It's been a massive problem forever it just got recognized as a result of covid yep you know and it got worse yep. as a result of covid um but it was always big and uh most of the population never gets addressed yep. you know i think what's been great about the last couple of years is there have been solutions targeting uh very specialized populations that need something different yep. you know it's not just kind of the run-of-the-mill anxiety and depression stuff that needs something creative it's people who have really unique and complicated challenges so you see companies addressing chronic illnesses more now, which thank God, because those are really difficult. Yeah. Um, seeing companies addressing um, opioid use and other drug problems that are, you know, severe and need different types of approaches that cannot be scaled with just humans in offices. Yeah. Um, addressing young adults. I mean, the work that Hope Labs is doing on the behavioral health front serving teens and young adults is really interesting and profound. And I, I so I... I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing. I'm discouraged by the fact that they're all point solutions and it's hard to adopt. Yeah, I think we still need to have conversations mm -hmm. about the key points about interoperability and yeah. workflow and all of those. But I also think in the area of mental health, just that there has been a removal of stigma in a new way that is helpful. I'm hopeful it's helpful. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Okay, I've got two more sort of like hot takes okay. I want to I get to. So big tech. We have seen big tech come into healthcare many different times without big advances um, in making a difference. Is now the time 
do you think that they'll be able to, whether it's Amazon or Microsoft or Google or whomever, or Oracle, who do you think is going to be able to actually do something? And when I say do something, I mean bend the cost curve. I mean actually really improve outcomes, quadruple aim level things. Is there something that we should be excited about there? Hmm. Well, I don't know that that's their business model, quadruple aim, right? Yep. The quadruple aim is, is quarterly earnings. Yep. And so um, to the extent that they choose to take some of those other things on, that's great. I mean, as marketing messages, they're important. And, and as reality, they're important, right, to sell those marketing messages. I, I, mean, I think Microsoft is probably ahead of the pack in yep. many ways. I mean, they're good at technology and they're good at figuring out places for that technology to live to make it useful and recognize that technology alone is not an answer. Okay, so Lisa is skeptical, but maybe possibly hopeful. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll yeah. see. Still remains remains skeptical to be proven. Okay, last hot take. I'm really excited about what's going on in the area of weight loss and mm. these new drugs that are being discovered that seem to have the ability to help a very significant problem in the area of obesity, which leads to all kinds of chronic conditions. We certainly know here at Health, they're going to yeah. be talking about food as medicine. They're going to be talking about, you know, Ozempic. Yep. and those things. So what are your thoughts there? And we know Oof. that cost is the issue right now with these drugs. It is the issue. And it's complex uh, because the weight loss, the offset of chronic illness comes after the period of time you're enrolled in the payer that paid for the weight loss drug. Yep. Right. So there's really misaligned incentives here. However, there's some real upsides. I actually think we need a more uh, multidimensional approach than the drugs. The drugs are still new. Yep. Um, we don't know what all the long-term impacts of them are. You have to take them for the rest of your life. Yep. Um, if you've got diabetes or NASH or problems like that, that's probably the right thing to do. If you're just a regular person who wants to lose 25 pounds, probably not. Yep. And so what other alternatives? And I, you know, we're seeing a lot more use of things like um, bariatric surgeries, and some of them are much more successful than the old styles of those. Those have a permanent, you know, moderately permanent um, alternative solution um we've got to do something better about our food it is crazy yeah we got to start teaching kids when they're young how to eat properly we've got to make it possible for families to eat well in their communities and be able to afford it's it just, and have access yeah, have to it to which are it. other issues that are yeah. um not just technology solutions as, as long well. as the government is paying to subsidize you know hydrology what do you call it hydrogenated corn syrup yep and also encouraging us to eat healthy food, yep. we have a problem. Yep, okay. All right, Lisa, these are all really great hot takes. You've given us a perspective of what to look at um, here at the health conference. I wanna close on something that's really near and dear to your heart, which is women and the promotion of women yeah. and getting a seat at the table. You you started C-Sweetener, which is now a part of health. Yeah. Tell us, give us something encouraging to close out on in terms of are we making progress as women? And um, if not, what's the vision that you have for us? Well, on the one hand, no, <laughs> it kind of rolled back during COVID, right? More jobs were lost by women than by men. There was less, um, you know, board adoption of women, all, all sorts of things, right? I know um, all the statistics, and the, and but I want to be positive, but, Lisa. I want to be here's positive. here's my positive take. <laughs> Women's health has been as recognized as a really important thing. Yep. And we're starting to see funding in that area. We're starting to see entrepreneurial activity in that area at a magnitude we have never seen before. 
and it's getting taken seriously for the first time. And yep. I'm really encouraged by that. Yep. Well, that is one really awesome thing. And hopefully there's more. We know that there's a lot of progress that's needed. This has been Inspiring Women. I'm Laurie McGraw. I've been speaking with Lisa Soonan. And Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.